This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. With me today, fourth year, 40s ingenue, Larissa <laughs> Mahapan. Mahapan. Thank you. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> She's got a haircut. She's got a hairdo today. That's why yeah. I said. No, I just wet set my hair in pin curls. So. Oh, man. <laughs> First years, Miranda Sheen. Skeen. Skeen. There you go. <laughs> Nadia Waba. Hello. And Emma Barr. Hi. Uh, thank you for joining me today for what promises to be a mediocre 50 minutes of news and views from medical school. <laughs> hey. It's a lady cast. <laughs> Woo. It's a lady cast. Mediocrity is my middle name. <laughs> no, I don't have a middle name. Oh, no. Well, now that's you sad. do. Yeah. Oh, super. <laughs> yeah, it's a lady cast. The only thing that saves us from uh, male mediocrity today. Na- uh, Nadia, you're new here. I am. Tell us about yourself. Where oh, do your wow. medical interests lie, for instance? Where do my medical interests lie? Um, well, you know, it depends on if you're if you're in an interview for medical school. That's when you always say primary care. I wanna- <laughs> um, you're not allowed <laughs> to say anything else. But um, no, that, I mean, that's what they tell us. But um, I really like psychiatry and I do actually really like primary care. Very good. Um, but I think everything that we learn is so interesting. Um, yeah. So keeping yeah. keeping it all open. Okay. Who knows? Well, good. Very good. Where did you come to us from, out of curiosity? Uh, Southwest Iowa, a town oh. called Woodbine, Iowa, famous for their Apple Festival. <laughs> and that's about it. Little little town? <laughs> yeah, no stoplights. Nice. But, nice. I, but I got you know, pulled over at the same stop sign twice. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean. There's not much for the police to do when there's only no stoplights. I was also not a great driver, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, when you've even got it twice. <laughs> Uh, listeners, don't forget to visit theshortcode.com slash store to buy some t-shirts to benefit our charity of the semester. If uh, the shirt you want is on back order, it's cool. It's cool because I have, uh, if you're looking for a size that was out of stock, you can now order and I will have those to you real soon. Um, whatever you pick, I'll make sure you get it. The proceeds go to our charity of the semester, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, thank you to those who have bought a shirt already. It's super cool that you want to help us help NAMI in their, uh, excuse me, the National Alliance on mental illness and their mission to fight the stigma of mental illness. So thank you very much. Hey Dave, if I get a shirt, will you sign it? Oh, <laughs> if you, I, well, yes, I will sign it. With your face? How, so how, <laughs> how, how, would, how would that work? We take a plate, we put some paint on it, we get your face. Oh, I, okay, idea. I will do it. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. I, th- I, I think it's unwise, but you know, who okay, am you I just, to judge? You just used your pen, whatever. Uh, oh, man. I was looking forward to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, uh, listener Nathan called our SCP hotline at 347 Short CT with his question <laughs> on how research plays out in medical school. Let's hear from Nathan. Hi, Dave and podcasters. Uh, my name is Nathan, and I'm planning on attending Iowa's Carver College of Medicine in the fall. Nice. To join y'all. Yeah. I've been an avid listener of the short coat throughout my undergrad at Iowa, and I just wanted to say that I'm so appreciative of all of the advice, insights, 
and interesting conversations about medicine these past couple of years. Oh, you're welcome. It's definitely helped give a first-generation college student like me uh, who didn't really know anybody applying to medical school um, a lot of help in that regard. Good. Uh, so now to the reason I called. My questions are about research during medical school. Uh, my first is how research during medical school is perceived by med students in regards to residency applications, um, whether you know, you all think it's like a necessary evil kind of thing where um, almost everybody feels like they have to do research for residency, um, or if you're not super interested in research, whether you think it would be more beneficial to focus um, free time in other aspects like volunteering or um, service in the community. Uh, my second question in that line is whether the avenues to participate Participating in research are similar to undergrad, um, you know, where you have to blind email researchers, or if there's more formal uh, ways to get connected at Carver. And my last question is, do you actually have time uh, during medical school uh, to do research other than on the weekends? Um, listening to y'all, it seems like you're pretty busy. But if you have any advice or insight into that, that would be great. Um, thanks again, and keep up the great work. Bye. Thank you, Nathan. A bunch of nice things to say. <laughs> so, um, research. Um, start with the question about um, how one connects up with um, people with whom to do research mentors. Um, we're, I think we're lucky in that we have uh, a couple of really, you know, decent avenues to get in touch with mentors and researchers, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and I, I mean, would agree. Especially if you're talking about something like summer research, there's a lot of like, you know, official channels like you can get research stipends, you can get research scholarships, you can apply for grants, all those kinds of things. And those are all designed specifically for medical students to go and do research with um, medical professors. Yeah, they have a they have a whole database of uh, mentors that you can, um, you know, check people out, see if their uh, research interests align with yours and um, and sort of start there. Uh, yeah, I really yeah. like that database because you know that they um, are interested in having students and they they signed up to be a mentor. Yep. Um, so you're not just kind of blind emailing someone and maybe think, oh, gosh, is this going to be bothering them or are they too busy? Um, these are people who actually want to have students and, and be a mentor. So it's nice. Mm -hmm. We also mm -hmm. have um, somebody whose job is basically to meet with students and figure out like who you might want to contact. Like I was thinking about doing summer research and um this person like helped me, gave me like five or six names that I should contact. And those people were all like really receptive. Um, yeah. Yep. We have a research distinction track, um, which is sort of an enrichment to regular medical education. Um, it's like basically um, it's to, it's to participate. The, the goal is for, to allow students to participate in research in a meaningful and substantial way over their, uh, over their four years or whatever of medical school. Um, and that participation, you know, sort of ends up being noted in, um, your evaluation that you get at the end, which helps you apply to medical school. You know, you, it goes in your transcript. It's, uh, acknowledged special during the graduation ceremony. So, so, um, so that's nice. And you can, as part of that, you can participate in, um, the summer research fellowship, which, uh, Miranda already mentioned, I think, um, which is, uh, you know, it's 12 weeks long. Between 10 and 12 weeks long. I think 10 is the minimum. Mm -hmm. um, you get it, As you mentioned, you get a stipend. Right now on the website, it says uh, 6204 bucks for a 12-week 12 12 period. 
12 years. Oh. 12 years. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time. Oh. Oh. Shane's here. It, it is a full-time commitment during that period. I mean, you're expected to treat your summer research fellowship as your top priority. So if you've got other things to do, that probably wouldn't work out. But um, yeah. of course, then there's the medical scientist training program. That's like for the hey. for the hardcore <laughs> Uh, research enthusiast. Yeah, well, that's not necessarily. I I think you can apply from to your first years of med school, but I wouldn't do that as like I want to be a doctor that participates in research. That's like I want to be. I a, want to be a researcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. happens to that's also a be a doctor? Yeah. That's a different application process. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, we have a few different ways that are um, sort of I think relatively easy to get involved with. Um, I certainly agree on that. It's um, I I feel that the school here really lets us um, one lets us do research. Like we can schedule research electives throughout our clerkship years if mm -hmm. we want to put aside time for that. Yep. And also not not even just not even at the school, but just the staff um, around, or at least in the internal medicine in general, are pretty um, are pretty willing and receptive to um, saying, "Hey, I'm I'm interested in this. I want to do some research in this." You got. Do you know anyone or know anyone who's got any projects going on that they might have an extra set of hands? Mm -hmm. And that's how I got my project. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good way. Um, that's that's a good way to point out that uh, there are occasions when it is built into your work week, as in when you have research electives during your third and fourth mm -hmm. um, years as clerkships. Yeah, like I, I like I took a four week rotation mm -hmm. um, to do research. How much can you get done in four weeks? Like, what do you, what did you do during those four weeks? Okay. So not, la um, I sat on the computer for like, for just for hours on end <laughs> and did a lot of chart review stuff. Sounds <laughs> fascinating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but what other people tend to do is that they use that four weeks to either write up something from their summer research fellowship or, uh. or if they're on, um, on the research extension track, they'll come in throughout the other, like on the weekends throughout their regular clerkship um, schedules, but then they'll set aside four weeks to really pound out that manuscript or ah. whatever. So it's sort of a need. continuation of what you were doing before sometimes. Yeah, usually that's what people do. For, I see. for me, I chose to go on an entirely new project, but it was, yeah, it worked out. And then I think, uh, you know, we said, you know, the summer research thing that's sort of separate from school time. So it's, it's definitely in addition to, um, and I think when you, my guess is that when you participate in research um, during the school, school year as a as a preclinical student does that does that happen People, i do it yeah. do they? i've yeah i've heard of one person but you do research no i don't oh. <laughs> not personally but <laughs> i don't um, know how people would have time yeah i i think you know some people really are passionate about their research and they want to mm. incorporate it into their um day-to-day -day during preclinicals but i think for the majority of us just doesn't really feel like an option with the class loads. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So, it's, it's, so there's like, like a, I mean, it's basically you can choose your level of commitment mm -hmm. to research and then choose a program that sort of fits right. with what you're mm -hmm. able to accomplish. Yeah. And I will say there is a definitely a big difference if we're talking about something like, you know, you do during your rotations, like something like chart review or writing up patient cases versus like doing wet lab work. Mm -hmm. Cause the 
the thing with wet lab is that you're going to have a lot more time commitment because you have to be like present at the bench doing stuff. Things need to be like problem solved. So yeah. that would be definitely something to explore more over a summer. That yeah. probably won't be mm-hmm. a good option for mm-hmm. during the actual year. The, the thing, the thing that I keep hearing about uh, wet lab research is, um, you know, sometimes things don't work out. You have to go back to the drawing board. You might have to do that multiple times. Yeah, um, pretty much more often than not, it doesn't work. Yeah. So like 90% of research is figuring out why the thing didn't yeah. work. Yeah. And for people who are interested more in like social sides of medicine, like public health, you can also take a year off between your third and fourth year to do an MPH. Mm-hmm. I'm considering doing that. Um, either, there's a that's a really popular, Iowa, that's a pretty popular option. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, My old and roommate's a, doing that. And yeah. a lot of people come to uh, medicine from public health. So that's mm-hmm. another... Mm-hmm. Another way people do that. Yeah, you know, I asked for my summer research. I actually did that over at the College of Public Health too. Oh, so okay. there is mm-hmm. overlap. Yeah. So as to the question of how research, how you guys see research benefiting residency applications, whether it's something that's necessary or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess it's. A, I was yeah, going to say that's probably more for you. Yeah. I guess it's a question for me. I think that. There's no one answer because it really depends on what ser- what specialty you're going into. Some things like ENT or ortho or derm or um or like neurosurge. Oh yes, it's like it's one of those unwritten rules that you have to have research that you have to have a primary authorship ex- um etc. Even though like technically there's no requirement for research um there's technically never a requirement for research, but it's one of those unspoken things. Mm. If you're going to family medicine or maybe psychiatry or um, I'm trying to think of a specialty that is or, or neuro. Neuro doesn't have as much emphasis on research as um, as perhaps the super research heavy ones. Then hmm. it's it's certainly less. Um, it's certainly. Yeah. Then certainly it's not as big a requirement than compared to like maybe like ortho. I know ortho is pretty research heavy. Like my roommate has like, I don't know, 5000 primary authorships or something. Yeah. Her belt at this point. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, so I guess the long short of that is that it's never going to hurt you. Um, and it's always good to have, it's always, it's always good to have. I mean, it's certainly if you're looking for resume padding and it's always good to have just because it's a good experience, but depending, but it may not be absolutely necessary for your requirement. And that some, and that if you have something else you're passionate about, like volunteer work or service, yes. Unless you're going to like ortho or like some hardcore surgery specialty or another research heavy one. Yes, that could certainly t- very well take the place of research. No harm done. Did you get asked about your research on your interviews? Um, yeah, but I talked, but like, I, if you Thinking back, I actually talk more about my art than my research. <laughs> I had a lot more to say too, but yeah, it's um, they, I guess that at least they gave a brief glance. Says, okay, so tell me about this antibiotic research you're doing, and just like I give a brief one liner. She's like, yeah, yeah, but uh, let me tell you about my my painting. Yes, but yeah, exactly. Like yes, but here I bought my cell phone. I was like, here's my here's my painting. <laughs> Well, good. Um, yeah, I hope we've helped uh, Nathan. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you. I hope you'll introduce yourself when you uh, finally get to the building, and um, and uh, it'd be great to meet you. You can be on the be on the show, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, come say hi. Good application. Congratulations. I won't be here, but I'm so happy you're coming here. I'll be here. As will I. Mm-hmm. Guys, you may have heard that dogs can smell cancer. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Didn't everyone know that? Dogs are magical. Well, Cancer Dogs is an early detection screening service, that's a quote from their website, based in Canada. 
So here's the background. A CDC study says that firefighters have a 68% lifetime risk of cancer compared to 22% in the general population. So this organization is currently working with firefighters in the U.S. in cities like Chicago, Fort Worth, Dallas, and San Antonio. The site says that they have received over 30,000 samples for testing and that they work with departments and not individuals. Uh, so basically these okay. people send in healthy or otherwise people who have, um, diagnosed, but as yet untreated, uh, uh, cancers can send in a, basically a surgical mask that they've breathed into. And then they, uh, use it to, um, to, uh, train their dogs to hmm. screen for cancer. Um, and they also collect, uh, samples from people who haven't, who aren't diagnosed with cancer. Is it like a specific type of cancer or just no. in general? Oh. Huh. And it's the face mask, not like the actual tissue from a biopsy. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just, just the, just, clarifying. just the face mask. One thing that's weird mm. um, is that they, mm. so they're working with departments, not anyway. So I can't just call them and say, Hey, I'm going to send you my, my mask, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they're, there. they're charging these departments $30 a person plus return shipping. I guess uh, that's the results. Okay. I was thinking, uh, oh, you know, oh, do you want your face mask back? Like, no, you can keep that. These things are expensive. Um, so yeah, I'm a little puzzled by that because my, my experience or my experience, my, my, uh, knowledge of clinical trials is limited, but I don't usually remember people being, or even organizations being paid to participate, but maybe that's, or paying yeah. to participate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a little weird. Wait, so they send them masks, everybody breathes in the masks and send them back and the dogs smell them mm -hmm. and then they send them back the results. Yeah. So whatever the, whatever the dogs pegged as having cancer, huh. um, you get those results back. Uh -huh. But the dogs so can smell the cancer in the face mask. Yeah. yeah. Even after like the lag period. Yeah. Well, dogs are, dogs are, dogs are pretty, uh, pretty smell sensitive, I guess. So they're using the dogs as a second opinion is what it sounds like. Like they've well, already been diagnosed I and then they're, they're like, send it towards, to the they're working towards using the dogs as a screening tool. Right. So yeah. Currently they're testing this, this idea, by the way, interesting. Uh, the name on the website of the person who's doing this is Glenn Ferguson. He's a former gra advertising graphic designer. He and his wife were inspired to start this project after seeing a BBC documentary on cancer sniffing dogs. He was looking for a career change and thus cancerdogs.ca was born. So, okay. Okay. That's a good, sure. sure. Yeah, good background. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I feel about any of this. I mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I get can't dogs probably can mm -hmm. smell cancer. Although, okay. So here's the thing that puzzles me about this. You know, you, I've been seeing a lot of these um, videos on the internet of <laughs> on the internet, new internet, <laughs> of like of like people like holding up the blanket in front of them and like oh, dropping yeah. it. Yeah. And those are the this best. Is, they are oh totally kind of mean, but Wait, adorable. Wait, I haven't seen this. But they're what so cute. Okay, so okay, so here's the thing. Um, you like hold a blanket up in front of yourself, in front of your dog's watching, and then you drop the blanket and run off. So it kind of looks to the dog like you've disappeared, and it's really cute because they'll like freak yeah, out and be like, "Where'd the human go? Yeah, like, Where's the human? Where's the human?" And Cats too, by the way. Yeah. If you want to try this, yeah. with Snowbell. Yeah, I did see my, one with birds as well. The birds yeah, one was funny because they just start flying around the room. Yeah. Oh but I'd like to say that my dad was doing that to me before it was cool. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> but the thing that puzzles me about this is that the dogs often it's very transparent where the, to us where the human's hiding, but the dogs are like, duh, where's the human? <laughs> and so they run around. I'm like, well, can't they smell the guy behind the door? Because um, you know, well, I don't know if I don't know if it's like airborne that they because like when they have bloodhounds tracking, they're like sniffing the ground, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't know if they can do like airborne scents. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the house, then like your scent is everywhere. Okay, that's true. That's oh, a good that'd point. be very confusing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But we're talking about dogs in the U.S. These are dogs in Canada, right? Oh, that's true. <laughs> Canadian so dogs have much more refined smell senses. <laughs> oh, Canada. And they're nicer. Probably. Yeah, they're nicer. Probably. They're more polite. Land of the free. Um, that's, that's here. I saw oh. one news report that said... We're, the United States is the land of the free. Oh. And the home of the brave. Yeah. I know. It's, it's just, just to clarify. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of difficult Wait, these I days. Mean, they might be free and brave in Canada, too. Not, Canada. <laughs> Not as free as here. Freedom! We're American. We have the most freedom. America. We can throw a shoe at you. We have the, <laughs> we have, we have the best freedom. <laughs> Thank you, Nadia. You're welcome. I learned recently that Iowa has bald eagles. In case oh anyone was wondering, there are I so didn't many. know. They're oh, yeah. Freaking. I saw one in a Des Moines Sioux. Yeah, I didn't no. know this. I, someone had to tell me that, like, because I was like, oh, you know, that eagle kind of looks like a bald eagle. It's got like a white head. And it's like, yep. yeah, because it is a bald eagle. Like, <laughs> we were cool. at the River Landing. Um, rest, there, there's a restaurant up there, the power or something. Oh, yeah. And there were like 11 or 12 mm -hmm. bald eagles yep. over the river. Yeah. If you and walk down to the Iowa River along, along, you know, between the universities, you can, between the sides of the university, you can see yeah. bald eagles anytime you want yeah. in the winter, yeah. especially. Well, I did not know that, but um, I remember back, oh, I remember, no, I remember reading like back, like during like the Lewis and Clark times prior to our modern era, bald eagles actually ranged, um, ranged throughout all the Midwest. I was not aware they were still here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they are now. I think they there was a oh. resurgence of... Aww. of bald eagles which is very oh, cool good for them mm. i do remember a memorable time when we were talking about someone's end of life care and all of a sudden a pigeon just flew into the window <laughs> like oh, ran into the window no. yeah that oh, fell. Gosh. so <laughs> i'm sorry that that I happened i don't know what to, i don't know whether to joke <laughs> yeah. about that or to... i don't no no she no she she was she was fine we were talking about like so like in the case your heart stopped beating what kind of care would you want or like what kind of or like, what kind of resus? Would you want any resuscitation? Who do you want as your power of attorney? And then a that pigeon, bang! Yeah. yeah, and then we look over, and then it leaves us little like print of feathers. And then <laughs> oh my god! I hope it made that noise. Is it? Is it? <laughs> no, it just. It was yeah, it was bizarre. Wow, <laughs> not a good sign. Okay, no. so I have one question no. about the. I have one question about the dogs. That's oh the dogs. yeah, the dogs. <laughs> Not pigeons. No. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's fine. Um, one news report said in 2017 the dogs were 60 to 70 percent accurate. Oh, is that good? No, well, for a screening test, for a screening. I mean, oh, it, oh wait, we just learned about that. Yeah, we this. literally oh, just man, did like sensitivity like and Take it away, M ones. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, like, then I'll give you more information since you just learned it. Our <laughs> sensitivity is over 95 percent accuracy oh. for finding oh. cancer, and our specificity is over 60 percent. Mm. Uh, That's which actually not bad. Pretty good yeah. for like first. Can screening. you translate that for an idiot, please? Sure. So <laughs> basically, sensitivity is like when you're looking for a screening test, you just want to catch everything. It's like we don't know what we're looking for. We're looking for something weird. Okay. So it's like that's just like throwing stuff at the wall okay. and then specificity is like we're looking for a thing so like sensitivity you're going to get a lot of people that maybe don't have the disease but you're going to get most of them that do and then specificity is when you're looking for something 
specific. So that, that could be good enough for a screening test. I was going to say yeah. for a screen, like, actually a good, really yeah. good, actually. Good for a screening test. If the numbers are right, that's better than, like, that's actually better than, mm, so I'm trying to think of something. Well, we talked about PSA and prostate cancer, and yeah. I think yeah, 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 those numbers are much, better much better than, than the prostate yeah. cancer. So, so I, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. get a dog. Dogs like to sniff butts. At the same time, PSA isn't an we don't use as a screening test anymore. It's a very, very individual thing, and that's why because it kind of yeah yeah, yeah it was really bad well good luck to you canada i don't know cancer dogs <laughs> I mean, ca i'm unwilling to dismiss it out of hand but i think it might not be a bad idea just to use a sort of like a broad like we're not really sure you i guess know? the other thing I, I mean yeah i guess the other thing that made me feel a little weird about it is that um the they haven't published any of their own research as far as i can tell because and i think this because all of the research that's on their um, research page is from other people. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, that's huh. a little bit of a okay. flag. But yeah. What I mean, what's more concerning, I feel like, is the fact that they are asking for money for the masks. I would almost like I would think it would be the opposite. Like if you send in a mask, yeah. we will pay you for your participation in the study rather than. Yeah. I have cancer and 30 less dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, they, to be clear, they aren't asking the individual for the money. They're asking for their fire department for the money. So oh, yeah. right now they're only oh, working. I, so. I see. But still, it's more like, hey, come, um, said more if we're, if they're trying, especially if they're getting people who they have known lung cancer, but just untreated and they're trying to get the dogs for that, then that's normally something you pay you people yeah, for. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a little weird. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, as I feel yeah. like as long as they don't try and market this as like, we're a genuine medical thing and it's more kind of like, because it doesn't really seem like something that you would, that like a doctor would do. Not to be <laughs> mean about this or anything, but like, you never know. It feels a little bit like diagnosing your genetic, you know, oh, your genetic yeah. condition like 23 and oh. me, where it's like, it's more uh. just kind of like, Oh, you know, I'll have some dogs sniff my face mask. But then again, yeah. 23andMe is fun. I'm not sure if like, do I have cancer beagle in Canada? I don't know if that has the same fun yeah. factor. Cancer beagle. Yeah. I love it. Cancer <laughs> beagle. <laughs> Funnily enough, though, for genetic testing, there's been private companies that have been um, have, having their like, okay, we'll test, send us your, send us a saliva sample and we'll test if you have a predisposition for lupus. But it's like, yeah, you have that like, I'm, I looked yeah. at it, it's like, you have a certain variation on a gene that's found in, that some people in, with lupus um, also have. That literally doesn't mean anything. It, doesn't it's mean, a yeah. lot of a stretch. Yeah. 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 And, and then they come yeah. into the doctor saying, okay, this is why I really think that I need to be, I'm like, one thing, I'm glad you're concerned about your health. I'm glad that you're taking an extra thing for it. But these I, these companies are not doing anyone a favor. This is great. <laughs> this is, what we're getting right here is a is a an education on how to deal with uh, your patient's use yeah. of pseudoscience um, <laughs> in their own personal treatment. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, yeah. Because, you know, this is the other thing, like this this particular, um, you know, the, the beagle, the cancer beagles, um, you know, what do you do with that information when you get it back? Like, like, you know, if it's eventually used to screen for cancer, you send in the mask mm -hmm. and then they send it back and it's, it's like, okay, you got a positive result for cancer. Then you have to do something with that information. So what do you do with it? I imagine going yeah. to your doctor and saying, well, a dog sniffed my face mask and <laughs> found cancer. cancer. That's going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm glad you're concerned about your health. <laughs> yeah. Let's do more tests. Well, we always have to validate their concerns and say, and say like, hey, I understand this is why you're concerned. But 
I'm not okay. I'm not saying I'm not comparing this with the PSA because the PSA is actually legit. I'm not saying that that's not legit, but the PSA <laughs> is legiter. <laughs> this is a conversation that we actually have very often in clinic. Saying, okay, so I got a PS. We got your PSA. Your PSA is um is on a higher end of normal, but it's been this. Um, what should we do? Sometimes we'll look back and say, well, it's a higher end of normal, but it has also been this way for the last like six years, so we're not as concerned. Versus. Um, and also you don't have a family history of any prostate cancer or like, yeah, it's a or like versus your PSA is technically normal, but it's gone up significantly since the last six tests. And your uncle, your father, your grandpa and every male in every male in your family, plus some of the females have had prostate cancer or something like that. Yes, we will take a lot more action on you versus um, the first patient. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's very, very, very individualized. And that's why the official guidelines are talk to your doctor and discuss on a case-by-case basis. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Good luck, Cancer Beagles. We're all counting on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hang em- in there, Sparky. Yeah. <laughs> Emma, you sent us an op-ed from Doximity to think about. Um, I did. The, the author, a student at a private Connecticut medical school, is concerned the preceptors at her school and maybe others are scaring students away from primary care. Do you, can you maybe summarize the article a little bit? Do you remember enough? Um, yeah, I guess like, well, the reason why I posted it was because I felt like I haven't received much bad, um, I guess, publicity for primary care from any of the faculty or like any of my experiences in the clinic. But it seems like a lot of um, first year medical students here don't have a lot of like respect for primary care as they do other specialties. Um, like they'll say things like, oh, just family medicine or, um, you know, they just don't really like regard it. as. So highly. they're not speaking of it in like in like disparaging terms, but they are throwing in things like, oh, it's just family less medicine. Less competitive, yeah. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Less and desirable is what we link it with. Yeah. And I worked in family medicine for a year and I saw like all the different things that they these like practitioners can do. And like my friends were like so surprised that family medicine doctors can like deliver babies and like even do a pap smear. Um, And like, there's so many fellowships that like are available to primary care, like adolescent Mm -hmm. medicine, um, high risk OB, things like that, that I think that a lot of students coming into medical school aren't aware of maybe because like they've been healthy most of their lives. And so they think primary care doctors just deal with like colds and things like physicals. And athletic checkups. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that's part of the reason why a lot of medical students maybe don't know all the things that primary care doctors can do. Yeah. I mean, the article basically was saying that, you know, her experience was that, you know, in working with um, preceptors, um, she was often told things like, you know, oh, don't go into primary care or, you know, you're so smart, you should go into radiology yeah. or... And even by people who were in primary care, which is what I found mm-hmm. interesting. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, and I was told that too when I was working with primary care doctors. They were like, um, oh, you should never go into family medicine. This is too hard and stuff like that. But then when I would ask them, like, would you do this again? What other specialty would you do? And like, oh, I do family medicine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like <laughs> kind of... Well, I mean, it, it, in a way... It's um, it's it's kind of an interesting way to um, discourage people who maybe aren't who maybe aren't willing to put in the work um, mm-hmm. into being mm-hmm. a really good primary care physician by saying, well, it's too hard. And if they're if your attitude is like, well, I don't care if it's too hard, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Pretty sure um, that's like medical school in general. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, most so so there's a there is a sort of a weird thing about primary care. Um, For instance, internal medicine residents, only about a quarter of them uh, or less continue on to a career in primary care. Um, 
and we've talked about this on the show. It's called uh, it's called the dean's lie. So when the dean, uh, when the medical school says, you know, oh, you know, ninety percent of our our students are going into primary care. That's not taking into account the fact that only a quarter of the internal medicine residents, for instance, will end up mm-hmm. in primary care. They'll, many of them will go yeah. on to, to uh, subspecialize. Yeah. And especially on an interview trail, that is something that I did encounter a lot. Like just for some background, I am, I'm a f- waiting for match day. I've applied to internal medicine and I am intending to go into <clears throat> primary care fellowship in geriatrics later. So some, mm-hmm. some programs will actually have tracks like, primary care tracks that um that you apply to separate from the regular program so um so so did you feel the pressure to specialize though outside of your interest in in geriatrics i would say yeah i kind of did or if not special yeah it would not special or if not specialize and perhaps go more to a hospitalist um hospice hospitalist route mm-hmm. um I do understand that a lot of people going into internal medicine say, oh, I'm, I'm interested in primary care just because like, they're not sure what specialty they're interested in yet. But eventually they'll go into like palm crit care, cardiology, which are excellent fields. Um, absolutely nothing against them. I mean, ultimately, you need to go into the specialty that you That'll care most about. That'll make you happy. Yeah. 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 For absolutely. me, that happens to be geriatrics. Yeah. See you in five years, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Wow. <laughs> Wait, what's the age? Um, so... Gen- in population, generally 75, you're healthy or younger or any age at all. If you have multiple comorbidities you, or... No, on. I didn't. Oh, oh, Hi, guys. It's nice yeah. knowing you all. I, think, I thought you said 75. Did you just say 75? 75 with no health problems or... But really, and there's no cutoff. Any age... Like, if you had a lot of health problems and you're mm. like, I don't know, and you're a very frail person, then you then even you could come into a geriatrics clinic. Interesting. Okay, well, <laughs> off, Irisa. Hey, sorry, Dave. You're young and healthy and beautiful. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And you could probably put up your hair into very, very small pin curls. All right. <laughs> Uh, former co-host Lisa Weir said uh, that she had definitely heard things like that when she was a student, even though uh, she's not going into something traditionally considered primary care. Um, she's med psych. Mm-hmm. Um, but she has noticed that the structure of residency also, uh, she says, does a disservice to primary care, makes it very unappealing. And I think that mm-hmm. refers to just how, um, you know, difficult the workload is and how much time um, your average primary care resident spends doing his work and, or her work. And, um, you know, it, it's just difficult to, to be really excited about your job when you're being hammered into the ground for not geriatric. I was kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I can take it. <laughs> I'm a loving chat on the shoulder. I'm an, uh, I'm an old, old man. <laughs> and like, I want to say I can't really speak to the residency thing because I'm a first year, I'm a baby. And but I will say I think to a certain extent perceptions tend to be like, you know, if a residency is more competitive or it takes more time, you know, like you got something like, you know, surgery where it's like you have a very long residency and those tend to be more competitive. I feel like the sort of quote unquote respect that that, you know, specialty gets can be kind of proportional to how competitive the residency is. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. primary care and internal med aren't as competitive. And a lot of it's just because there's more demand. So it's not necessarily that like the residency isn't as competitive. It's more just but it's also, also more the, spots and you need us. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. <laughs> but so, also just the, the, the criteria by which 
uh, residencies are competitive is often just related to board scores. Oh, and that's yeah. a really good point. And so it's it's just it's completely it's it's kind of arbitrary. I mean, you know, these residencies are competitive because the residency program directors are using board scores as a cutoff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they don't have to go through as many applications. Yeah, and I don't know how often that we've been told that, like, oh, if you if you have a low step score, the only thing you can do is like family medicine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it seems like the perception yeah. is that it's like it's what you go into when you, you can't, can't get, get into, into the good else. residencies, yeah. which is like yeah. it's so wrong. It's, it's stupid. stupid. Yeah. It's entirely BS. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And as we pointed out, family as you guys pointed out, family medicine doctors, internal medicine doctors. I mean, these are some of the most uh, difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, intellectual jobs. Yeah, it's like um, what Dr. Martinez says. She said, um, she said that when she was, you first, would be talking about uh, uh, Dr. Denise, Denise Martinez, Martinez. Um, like one of the she's most great. excellent human beings on the planet. Yes, yeah. she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely yeah. person. Yeah. Anyways, I remember something she said was that when she got really high scores, they're saying, "Oh, why, why are you go? You're too smart for family medicine." Right. Mm-hmm. But she's, but she corrected them, saying like, "No, I'm smart enough for family medicine because <laughs> I literally have to do everybody's." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what the author of the article said too. Yeah. It's like yeah. primary care, you're like the first line. Like any mm-hmm. patient that has anything mm-hmm. wrong is going to come mm-hmm. to you first. So it's like that's yeah. like a super, an incredibly important job in healthcare. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I feel. I feel like if if you slip up, that's really, 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 really bad. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it like you know there might be a little bit of like society's influence in that as well because I think that you know every time we go home for like. Thanksgiving or Christmas break, they're like, oh, what are you going to specialize in? Like, you know, it's yeah. like, hold up. It's been, you know, <laughs> six months. Yeah. Um, but when I talk, you know, like that, I'm going to do primary care. I think people have that that opinion even outside of the institution, outside of the school. That's like, oh, just primary care. Mm-hmm. Or why wouldn't you do something like a specialty? And um, but yeah, what I realized, like coming in, I kind of had I don't think necessarily that same perspective, but I thought, oh, I I don't think I'd be interested in that. Um, But coming into school and shadowing and doing like we have early clinical experiences with different doctors. Mm -hmm. um, It was so fun. Mm -hmm. Like I it really like turned the tide for me thinking that this is something I can see myself doing. um, And and just the variety. I mean, it it was really, really cool. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Support for the Shortcoat Podcast's charitable mission comes from the sale of merchandise at theshortcoat.com slash store and by a donation from Osmosis. Created by medical students from Johns Hopkins, Osmosis is a comprehensive medical education platform that helps students around the world gain a deeper, lifelong understanding of medicine by providing the best learning experience possible. Learn more at osmosis.org. Thank you, Osmosis, for helping us help the National Alliance on Mental Illness with your donation. You know, I keep reading about this uh, dude from Ohio. His name is uh, Ethan Lindenberger, who at the age of 18 defied his mother's wishes to get himself vaccinated. Excellent name, by the way. Yeah. Um, he, so the story is that, he w- that before he was 18, uh, he went on Reddit to ask when he could legally get vaccinated without parental consent in Ohio. Um, the age varies by state, but... Uh, you know, the Redditors told him that he had to wait until he was 18. He waited and now he's gotten himself vaccinated, as I said, against the wishes of his mother. Um, so he's getting a lot of attention on, you know, on, you know, news websites like the BBC and, and others um, because he defied his mom. <laughs> um, I just think it's interesting that, you know, potentially a whole generation of unvaccinated kids are coming of age. Um, and I'm wondering what they're going to do. Um, probably get measles. 
I hope not. I mean, he was concerned. I mean, he was concerned that if he got sick, he could transmit an illness to his two-year-old sister, who also yeah. wasn't vaccinated. Oh, really oh. Good yeah. Yeah. Wow. So the kids also got, you know, he, yeah. he figured out, you know, herd immunity and 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, smart kid. Yeah. You know, but he was what he what he what I read was that he was, you know, sort of watching his mom's posts on social media about how her children aren't vaccinated and how other people were like, um, you really, mm, yeah, you really should. <laughs> Get your children vaccinated, and he was. He started thinking about it and doing his own research and asking around. So he did have to apologize to his mother. <laughs> he wasn't best pleased with how her son described her on Reddit as as irrational, crazy, and dumb. Oh. Um, he said that he didn't hurts. expect his story to go viral, and he was upset at the time yeah. that he posted his anti mom rant. Mm. Which I, I, we understand, like. Don't post shit. Don't post. Yeah. Don't yeah. post bad stuff about your mom on the internet, though. Yeah. The only the only the, the only difference between like us at that age and him is that he posted on, on a public forum where it could be recalled, whereas we just screamed it in the middle of a shopping mall. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, mom. I love you. Uh, <laughs> you ruined I, my I, life. And I will say, um, why and, can't I go to GameStop? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need bras. <laughs> yep, that was the argument. <laughs> you say bras? Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I was <laughs> <laughs> I like video games. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mom. Oh. Let's, she, she Let's just take a collective. You know, we just had Valentine's Day. We love you, Mom. We love yeah. you, Mom. Yeah. You guys are great. Yeah. Um, Thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> yes. And I, I will just say, I did see this um, BBC article, and I will say that, like, you know, after he was kind of emotional on Reddit, he does seem like a very reasonable guy. He's just like, he yeah. understands his mother's concerns, and he's trying to be very, like, mid-ground where it's like, you know, I am 18, I'm allowed to make my decisions now, and I wanted my vaccinations. At some so. point, mm -hmm. you get to make your own decisions. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and then here is 18. And, you know, this, this I mean, we're, we're not going to argue, like, our vaccinations cause autism on this show for obvious reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Because they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I think that's something that this brings up is our is like what what rights do minors have in their own medical care? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What what rights do they have? Um, they can be screened um, and treated for STDs and some psychiatric illnesses depending on the state without their parents' mm -hmm. consent or their parents being informed. They have the absolute right to receive life saving care, mm -hmm. even if the um, even if the parent um, even if the parent um says no um says no no they have the absolute right to receive life saving and adequate standard of care. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there have been. Uh, Which we can argue includes vaccines. Well, there have been, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there have been many court cases um, where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, where where uh, kids were denied um, care. But I think yeah. the context there is that they were denied, and then they came into the healthcare system after that, and so were probably uh, given a, yeah. given given treatment at that point. There's right? a lot of state-to-state -state variation on mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. issue, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, good luck, Ethan. We're cheering you. And for mm -hmm. all those people who did not get vaccinated as children, but won vaccines now, we are also here for you. Yes. Yeah, we're here for you. Come to us on your 18th birthday. Yes. <laughs> we'll give you cake. <laughs> we'll give you and a shot. cake and shots. Maybe a lollipop. <laughs> yeah. And, now, and by shots, I mean vaccinations, not shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. shots. Really I would like to clarify, <laughs> don't come to us. Do not come for us for vodka. <laughs> now look, Until you're 21, then we got you covered. But... We'll be gone. <laughs> wow. Oh, you'll be gone, yeah. But... 
It's an extra service at uh, (laughs) Dr. Skeen's office. (laughs) Now, look, uh, you guys, this is an audio podcast, and I'm aware that pictures don't really translate well to this format, but we're going to play a game with stock photography today. Uh, In particular, we'll be looking at science and medicine stock photos, which are often bad, bad, (laughs) bad. Yes. I will show you. you, Yeah, uh, no, I've spent many, many, uh, many, uh, Unproductive evening on unproductive uh, or unrealistic stock photos. Oh, okay. Well, if you've seen these, inject your tomato with blue liquid. <laughs> <laughs> if you've if you've seen these, you know, hold back and wait for people to to discuss. I shall. Um, I will show you a censored photo, and you try to guess what's been censored. For the home listener, you can go to theshortcoat.com and look at this episode show notes for the slideshow. So you can play along. Yeah, and we'll describe them to you, right? <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. For yes. audio, we will describe uh, them. Uh, let's look at the first one. Wasn't this a hashtag a while back? Like my job badly described by stock photos. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I don't know. There was one where it was like a teacher, and it was just them like waving a ruler vaguely at oh an God. empty yes. chalkboard. Can make it yeah. okay. I, I can't make it bigger. Yeah. Um, oh. Well, maybe. Okay, so for the viewers at home, there are three people. Wow. <gasps> Sorry, the sh- photo just changed. There are three people all wearing what appeared to be uh, goggles and gloves looking intently at something that we can't see in the middle of the frame. Yeah. That has been censored. Someone is is, pointing. Yeah, one of them is holding something. One of them is pointing. um, And there's a sort of a triangular censorship (laughs) black thing in the middle. And there's just, and in the back, there's a guy looking wonderingly at it. Yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah, he's kind of got his head sort of peering up over the other. Whatever it is, it's very interesting. Whatever it is, it must be like. The pointing woman looks fascinated. Yeah. Yeah, they all look fascinated. But yeah, it looks like is... the one on the left, like, knows what she's doing. And then the one in the back, the guy in the back is like. Yeah, he's like. Oh. <laughs> so are you thinking, like, a teacher and students? I haven't seen yeah, this before. Yeah, it could be. But they're all kind of the same age. Yeah, so maybe they not. all look fairly young. And they're not wearing lab coats, so. Oh. That is true. They are wearing goggles and, go- and gloves, but not and coats. Polo. White shirt. gloves. Polo White gloves. Shirt. White gloves. They're not yeah. even, they don't even look to me it like could uh, be rubber gloves. Oh. I don't know. I have an idea. Is it like a vacuum commercial and they're like showing you all the gross stuff that you can pull out of your vacuum? Oh, that's oh. okay. No, I'm going to go with their ingestion of pineapple with orange liquid. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to go with holding a bug with tweezers. All right. Just because that's the vibe I'm getting. But there's a great big black triangle underneath that. It's a very bug. large bug. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to go with something to do with maybe like a, a what do you call those things? A test tube oh. that you oh, maybe okay. holding <laughs> over a. What do you call some, those things? Oh, you know, those things. Or something. Those science things. Well, science tube. All right. Well, we've got all your your uh, answers. Let's look at the real thing. So it doesn't <laughs> look a heck of a lot different, but it is in fact a mound of dirt with a tiny plant on oh. top, and she's holding a and she's watering it apparently oh, with, with a a, an eyedropper. Uh, why? <laughs> I, why is the dirt not in a pot? Why is it just a pile of dirt on the desk? That's not. A... This is how I keep all my plants. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's not how you know. This, this, is, why, this is why all my plants die. Because I, mean, I mean, listeners, it's not even like one. spread out flat like a garden plot. It's literally just like someone went to Home Depot, took a bag, upended it, and then stuck like a, no, like a, a basil tiny. spring. It looks yeah. like, um, like one of the science projects when you're little and like you put the something in and then it foams out. or Maybe that's what oh, this yeah. is supposed yeah. to represent, a, a, a yeah. science <laughs> Volcano. Yeah, but <laughs> Maybe that's what this is supposed to represent, like a science fair kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the so. custodian's going to be very mad at you. <laughs> you better All right, clean well, up that dirt. 
None of you got that right. Let's try the next one. <laughs> I was close. You were. <laughs> I'm kidding. Congratulations. So uh, in this shot, we've got a, a pregnant woman lying in bed. Uh, she's very pregnant. Oh, um, and she's got, I think I know. she's got two things, one in each hand uh, that are blacked out. She looks, she looks happy. Like, oh, look what I've got in my hand. She's young. She's like looking down at her hand. Yeah. yeah. One hand is sort of raised up. Like she's sort of like, you know, between her mouth and her chest. And the other one is, you know, at the top of her jeans. Yeah. Good. She got them dead. Both are censored. It looks kind she of does, like yeah. her head is tilted. Like she's maybe listening to something. Like if she's holding oh. a phone. Oh. Okay. So I feel like maybe her other hand is like an ultrasound on her belly. And she's like what? looking at her. She's looking at her own ultrasound? No, she's uh. listening to it actually. Because oh, I said her head was tilting. Okay. Like, interesting. Uh, interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe her baby's heartbeat. Okay. That's actually, that's <laughs> that's actually a really good guess. Like, be. But I don't know why she would be doing that on her I also herself. don't know why the heartbeat is so low. But I mean, I don't have anything better, so I'm just going to go with Emma here. Uh, perhaps she's just watching YouTube videos on her phone. <laughs> I, I don't think she's holding a phone because I can see most of her hand. There's nothing in it. Oh, well, I mean, you can hold a using... phone like that, especially if you're like looking at, oh. like listening to the speaker. Yeah, if you want to like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Watching YouTube yeah. in that way. I mean, it's in bed, so if it drops, it's okay. My guess is that she's holding a pregnancy test while being extremely pregnant. And going, oh, <laughs> pregnant. Oh, look at that. Wow, what do you know? It's good to have a pregnancy test when you're eight months pregnant. All right, well, uh, that's. I think we've got all guesses. Um, all guesses are wrong, oh, as the great Judge John Hodgman would say. <laughs> Oh, because actually she's holding she's holding a uh, electric toothbrush and oh. some toothpaste. Why is she Why looking she at it like that? Why is she holding it like that? That's not how you hold a toothbrush. I I don't. She's she's holding it like it's a beautiful, delicate flower stem in her hand. Yeah, she's like admiring it like yeah. a work of art. No, but just, guys, look at her teeth. Those are really that's, really white. That's yeah. very true. She's she's looking at it though as though you might look at a pregnancy test that you were right. happy with. Yeah, she's so happy about this toothbrush. But in fact, it's a toothbrush. I guess I just don't quite understand why they made the belly like the focus. Maybe yeah. it's like, like for a toothpaste that's good for. Being pregnant, yeah, but know. why would she be looking? <laughs> but why? This is the thing. Why would she be looking at the toothbrush and not the toothpaste? Then how do you know she's not looking at the toothpaste on the toothbrush? Well, because the uh, toothbrush is on the wrong way. Emma. Oh, sorry. I Emma. Just, I just, obviously. obviously, I just had a horrible no, thought. But what if it's not for her mouth? Oh God. Oh God. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Backing up. Backing no, up. No. She's definitely doing it wrong. <laughs> All right, let's look at the next one. Only use toothbrushes for your teeth. This message has been brought to you by the Short Coat Podcast. <laughs> yes. Don't douche with toothpaste. Yes. This oh, yeah. one is very excited. Wow. She is super excited. She's sitting in a dentist chair. She's got the bib on, you know, with the little alligator clippy uh, necklace thing holding it on. Um, and somebody in blue nitrile gloves is holding something out to her that is censored. The woman is so excited very, she's incredibly excited like she she's just wanna, almost as excited as i am she just won a new car she's yeah. beautiful teeth she actually beautiful does teeth. she does look like someone on the prices ride who is just like you've won a yes. trip to i mean the bahamas it's a high level she's got, re, she's got yeah. nice teeth yeah. yeah yeah i mean in fairness good dentist so yeah. she's she's been going to the dentist that's good <laughs> what is she, what, what's being held what's being presented to her maybe because she's been going to the dentist so well and really got to know her dentist, uh -huh. and she's there again. Uh -huh. And he's 
proposing <gasps> to her. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, her teeth are so beautiful. Wow. What That's else could a dentist yeah. want? Pregnancy <laughs> test. <laughs> a really good point. A pregnancy test. It's a pregnancy test. Oh, come on. He could be holding like... Um, her teeth look really straight, so maybe she had like Invisalign, and maybe they're like advertising for that, and like the box for Invisalign is there, okay. and she's just right. super okay. excited. Not a sponsor. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is kind of a weird pitch, but like you know, when you go to the orthodontist and they take a cast of your teeth, that kind of looks like what he's holding, like the p- the position of his hands, like he's holding it like this, and maybe it's like you know, say cheese next to your like cast of oh, your teeth. Oh, okay. Like maybe it's like these were my teeth, and they're all like crooked and you gross. You know what? That's good. That's good. Perfect teeth. I think you tied those two. You tied those two. Those the possibility of what he's holding with her expression together very nicely. Okay. I think he missed your calling, man. Wait, my calling is to discern stock. Photos. <laughs> I'm an advertising. Okay. <laughs> I think my orthodontist used to have a bunch of like pictures of like then now on the wall. So it was just some weird subconscious. Right. <laughs> yeah, my orthodontist used me as one of his prize before and after photos. Wow! Oh, congratulations. congratulations! That is an honor. Why do you look upset? Because yeah. <laughs> the see before. My teeth before. <laughs> Really messed up. You know how normally bug teeth point in the same direction. (laughs) 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 All right, let's uh, let's reveal if you guys are ready. I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm still ready. It's a yeah. Oh, good job. Miranda got it right. It's uh, holding. Why is she so excited? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Well, yeah, because wouldn't you be excited if somebody (laughs) held out to you some disgusting brown whatever? I was gonna say I would like to point out that normally those casts are like plaster and they're kind of like white or light blue. This is this looks like mummy teeth, and I don't like it. Oh no, that was her old skull, and they replaced it with a new skull. (laughs) We can do that now. We can do full skull transplant. Or they pulled out every tooth and stuck it in there. Now they put Uh, a bunch of like uh, ew. uh, Mm, Looks like maybe like paint chips into her mouth now. Yeah, we're about to toothbrush lady. This had a lot less disturbing imagery. Okay. <laughs> it's not saying much. Even if the toothbrush was for her mouth. <laughs> All right, let's look at another one. Big wow. old X there. I was going to say, very good. Did you censor these? Yeah, I did. Uh, That's so, a really what, good censor. What we've job. got is a, uh, is a doctor. He's uh, in front of a laptop computer, which is pointed towards something that's next to him. He's also holding out a, what looks like a, what, an MRI? No, it's, that, it seems to be a panoramic X-ray. X-ray of someone's mouth. Panoramic X-ray of some sort. Yeah, it does look like that, doesn't it? It could be. Yeah. It could be though, like a spine or. I was gonna say, could it be like a through the? Yeah, like a what? It, hmm. What am I? What section trans, is this? Transverse, trans. Uh, like no, transverse. Yeah, yeah only like a, sagittal a abdominal sagittal section, section, something like that. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> sagittal abdominal section. What's behind the big I, black? I have no idea if that's what that is. Box though. I feel so, like a person has to be. He looks like he's consulting. Yeah, it must. It's either like a person or another doctor. It okay. almost, it has to be. Okay. I'm going to guess it's a What's pregnant the- lady. <laughs> <laughs> With a toothbrush. I think it's interesting that the, the doctor is looking up at the sky, though. Is that, think, am I getting that right? It looks like he's looking, looking at X-ray. another screen or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Potentially. Okay. Do you guys love how they just like censor, not censor, how they like remove the laptop's logo so it's not illegal? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It's a beautiful so, job. So guesses. What's behind the black Pregnant box? lady. Okay, we got pregnant lady. <laughs> I'm going to go with like, oh God, I don't even know. So, like my first instinct to be like someone in a car. So someone with a nosebleed. Like, okay. It's like showing. Right. It's like, here's what's broken. It's your spine. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a colleague that he was, you know, discussing this. 
film with, but got it, got maybe it. also looking at the colleague longingly oh. instead oh. of the film. You know, kind of oh. more of a reason. I'm in a very oh, romantic so saying mood. That, like, the colleague is proposing to him. Or no, the colleague is a pregnancy <laughs> test. That's what he's looking at. <laughs> no, well, maybe the colleague much, is a yes. sexually desirable person of either gender. Sure. Exactly. Okay, true. exactly. okay. I'm going to go kind of the opposite. I think there might be two people. So maybe it's like oh. a mom and a kid. Oh, okay. And he's showing the x-ray of like the kid's broken something. Very good. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's reveal and see if anybody was right. Oh. <laughs> what? Okay. No, it's a. I uh, mean, it is. It is a, a naked human so, man. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's a naked. With a why t-shirt. Tan. He has no shirt on. He has a very. Wait, he has a very good farmer's. T- <laughs> he, he's yeah. He's uh, he's naked. He's it's clearly not his sagittal section based on or his uh, yeah sagittal section still, based on his uh, on on his uh, uh, well a, we'll just say obesity because he's, he's, he's well a, he's nourished a big man he's well nourished yes as they say <laughs> uh, and he looks pretty concerned about what he's seeing because he's like doctor these aren't mine <laughs> and also normally we let patients put their clothes on before discussing important results yeah yeah I think it's <laughs> Yeah, because what you really want want a shirt on. This is what they teach you in delivering bad news. They're like, "Okay, make sure that your patient is naked." (laughs) Step one. It's really important that they feel as vulnerable as possible. Mm -hmm. Step two: make sure that they're on the verge of falling asleep. He's kind of leaning over, and his eyes are closed. So he's just—he's like, "Ah, doc." Maybe this is like a new doctor, and. You know, he's like, oh, I thought you said to actually have them naked, not just like imagine them naked. I was nervous. I don't know. Just, they do whatever I say. I didn't realize that was standard advice for okay. you. Imagine your consult. patient naked. No, we don't have to imagine most of the time. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's look at another one. Uh, I am uncomfortable. Yeah. She looks angry. She's yeah. very angry. So no, okay. I think she's angry. I think she's just concerned. So what we've got here is a uh, 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 a doctor, nurse, somebody in blue scrubs, uh, bright blue scrubs. She's uh, uh, looking directly at us. She's got her mouth open as though she's yelling. Um, she's holding something in her hand. There are several mm-hmm. medical diagrams that you find in patient rooms yeah. behind her. Yeah, so yeah. she's in a patient room. It looks like clearly. a cardiopulmonary, I'm going to say, everybody. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I could got be a circulation care, diagram yeah. out mm-hmm. behind there. Yeah. 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 I'm just, the diagram specifically. I feel like she could be holding like a reflex hammer, but. I like the I way, she, I was going to say reflex that. hammer because of the way she's holding yeah. it, but I'm scared because I'm like, why are you holding that yeah. so close to my face? There's no reflexes up here. anyone holding a reflex hammer with that I'm sorry. The your cut, blink reflex. The cut and whisk test didn't work, so we just gotta <laughs> yeah. just go for this. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna say otoscope, just because. Wait, no, I've never but seen an otoscope with a silver handle, and it's yeah. really skinny. It's yeah. very skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Not thing. enough room for batteries there. I'm gonna say toothbrush then. <laughs> <laughs> Pregnancy test. We told you this was for your mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're pregnant. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, see if anybody was right. Yeah, it's a reflex oh, hammer. Oh, I've never I, seen a reflex I, hammer used like that's that. A, also, she's I've very never threatening. Seen that kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. She's very threatening. I, I, I don't, I don't think this is what you want to do with your patients. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to check your reflex. <laughs> yeah. Now will you just hold still while I check your stupid reflexes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. famed for my bedside manner. Uh, I'm not sure if there's one more or not. 
Not gonna lie, in Pete's clearly that thought has come up more than once. <laughs> I just believe just hold still. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Here we've got a uh, Serena Williams in a little black dress. That's well, not Serena what? Williams. No, she's, she's, Have you seen Serena Williams no, before? You're, <laughs> no, I haven't. You're thinking of Selena up. Gomez. She's thinking of Selena. She does Gomez. look more oh, like Selena, Selena Gomez. <laughs> yeah, it looks much more like Selena Gomez. Okay. So this is a, a Selena Gomez look-alike wearing a uh, little black dress uh, and black heels looks like about three inch heels and looks like she's kicking something what's she kicking behind the big black box she's she is in the matrix she's in that white room in the matrix yeah 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 or just talk photo studio (laughs) i feel like it could be a lot of things but one thing could be like something to do with like her period like kicking away a box of like pads and like oh look at me i can do all these things yeah because or Colorful. If it was a tampon commercial, oh, yeah, it would be she would colorful. not be wearing black. Yeah, let she'd me be tell wearing, you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 she'd be wearing what like about, white shorts or something. Exactly. But I was going to say, you might not be far off because she is like kind of holding her watch up like that. So like, it's like something to do with time. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's my oh. time, but oh. screw you, bad period products. Oh, time. Yeah. I, didn't even, like, I didn't even oh. think of that. I was thinking also like deodorant product maybe because she's oh. like in the black dress. Oh, yeah. Kicking away dirty laundry. I don't know. Stained. I'm going to catch this thing. A pregnant woman. It is, a, <laughs> no. it is medical stock photography, though. Oh, it's oh she's kick, then I'm going to say she's kicking a doctor. Oh, okay. right. oh she's kicking um, a doctor or a pregnant woman. <laughs> don't kick pregnant women. Stop. Why do you have against pregnant women? <laughs> I don't. But going off our previous stock photos. <laughs> Well, that's because uh, I'm going to say she's kicking a giant toothbrush. <laughs> there we go. I don't know what she's kicking. I don't. It's something shorter than her. Yeah, yeah. a crouching doctor. Okay. Yeah, kind of, that like, was kind of my next choice. It was oh, like a, a healthcare professional that she was upset with who's now like crawling away like, I'm sorry. And she's like, ah, get out of here. Oh, could it be like a doctor on one of those like spinny chairs and he's just like, oh, like wheeling away like a hockey puck? Oh, okay. Ooh, oh, that actually would be a good ad. <laughs> See? Miranda. All right, there we go. Yeah. Well, we know what happens if this whole medical Who school needs thing to falls be through. An MD, PhD anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's only two degrees i feel like we've of the really highest honor <laughs> i feel like we've perhaps settled on a guess here a few guesses so let's take a look at what it is mm. oh. <laughs> i mean you're not Why? right what? you were in fact I... several of you were in fact right it is a tiny it is a doctor but he's tiny he's i was gonna he's say like i was shrunken. expecting a correctly proportioned man yeah this is yeah. definitely this a shrunken down okay. person he's slight about, image description this is a very short i would argue two foot five doctor yeah, about half leaning height. over and she is about to kick him in the behind yeah. as we call it and he's, he's like sticking his arms out like he's like leaning he's, on something like he's typing or, typing or something maybe? and I, like but he's not but his hands are just there. There's nothing there. Yeah. This yeah. looks to me like it was assembled from a couple of different photographs, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, but like, I don't like what is I. What is the I, point? I don't know. Yeah. What are they trying to? Uh, and also, she's looking straight ahead. Yeah, she's not looking at him either. Well, you know, she, she's got places it. to be. He doesn't deserve it. That rat bastard. Whatever he did to her, <laughs> that tiny rat bastard. <laughs> he's gonna kick his ass. Yep. Nothing good ever comes from a two foot five doctor. No. That's no. the first thing they teach you, actually. In medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah it's, like, yeah, it's like part of orientation. Yeah, you'll yeah. Be don't trust on them. That oh, dear. In step one. Yeah, I'm everyone screwed. gets scared when they pull out the measuring tape. Just like, oh, nope. Get out of here. We have one more, I think. Right. I keep saying one more, but it turns out. <laughs> I guess I did a whole bunch. Uh, yeah, so we've got a, uh, a black haired woman in a white shirt in a white room. 
similar to the matrix again she's holding something in the air and looking at it like yeah like hey that's nice i like that or like eh? yeah i like that what I don't do you think know, it is? I don't know why the first thing that jumped to my head was urine sample. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, the first thing that jumped in my head was an eyeball. Oh my god! Yeah, like okay, real thought, or fake, I don't know, but in, like <laughs> most likely fake. But I was gonna say, I thought mine was bringing up some like weird things about me as a person, but you're saying eyeball. I actually <laughs> wanted to jump in because I thought you were going to say eyeball, and I was like, no, I say eyeball. <laughs> no, why would? No. That's <laughs> weird. Okay. <laughs> All right, I feel so like she might be holding like a, a pill or something. Like, look how small this is, or it's like a big pill. Though. Yeah, she's she, kind of got her biggest. Yeah. Look how well, she big be, this be, pill like, is. Pinching it. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to say a test tube of red liquid. Okay. Oh, yeah. Very specific. Those are very, but, but, you know, there's colored liquids are very popular. Um, there's a lot of beakers filled with blue, often red, you know, is a popular one. Usually dry ice. But let's look at the reveal here. Bissels. Yeah, you were right. Oh, oh, it's, a urine, it's a urine sample and she is happy. Maybe because she's pregnant. <laughs> she's proud. She is oh. She's proud of that urine sample right yeah. there. Yeah. Actually, you know, this Cassidy ties into an interesting article that I was reading this morning. Oh, are we going to learn something as a knowledge? Yeah, it's like, Yay. how okay, how long do you think pregnancy tests, how how long do you think pregnancy tests have been around? Oh, like in the oh form that we know. so long. Oh, yeah. in the form we know? Oh. Um, yeah. I bet they used to like mix, like pee, mix pee with like animal mm -hmm. uh, blood You're or getting something. close? You're getting okay. closer, but like how long ago huh. was that? Gosh. Uh, I'm going to guess Middle Ages. I'm going to guess Renaissance. Because the Middle Ages, they got everything all funky. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I was only going to say like a couple hundred years. And I think that it can't be. I think it must be further back than that. You guys, we were injecting frogs with pregnant women's urine in the 60s. Uh, whoa, the, oh. No, oh. Wow. Oh. Wow. 1960s. Okay. No, oh, I, we're, we were all we way We were off. all <laughs> yeah, way no, I get, but we, the, the, um, the pee on a stick test, as we know, it only came about in the 90s. Yeah. In the 90s? 90s? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, I feel like I knew that. I, not like I knew that. Come like, on. I, but it's I like, feel like I, I feel like I remember starting to see them in the nineties. Like, so. really? Think about We're it. talking about Dave's the mother could not have you could not have used it to determine that no, she was pregnant. No, she had to find out the old fashioned way. Yeah, and by injecting by, her urine into a frog. By, <laughs> told, yeah, probably. And really? Frog, yeah, and these the, these tests were only available at at select in, institutions too. Before before that, you if you. There was no preg there was an I, no pregnancy well, test for. I thought the old-fashioned oh. way, by the way, was just having your baby. Like all of a sudden, oh. you were like, "Oh, <laughs> oh shoot, I'm pregnant." <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that a thing though, where it's like like women over a certain weight have sometimes been like surprise pregnancies? Oh, where yeah, they don't yeah. find out until they yeah. like yeah. There's a show devoted to that. Oh, that's so scary. Nice. Yeah, that's I didn't I know I was up. pregnant. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I no thought it was the Crohn's flare was one of my favorites. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say surprised. that actually. Like, I was gonna say that surprised me, but it doesn't because I think we still thought that like the uterus wandered around a woman's body until like 1880 or something. So you know. Yeah, if you think about before, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, wait, can no. we clarify something? So we were injecting urine into frogs like in the 80s? At least the 60s. They probably had in-office tests mm -hmm. before they okay. had home I was like, did we just go tests. switching from the... So it's like, okay, you can either have the, the frog or yeah. next generation little, little, little known fact, the first in-home pregnancy test, you peed on a frog. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
I don't know. Someone might like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, okay, listen, not going there. Not going there. The well, Shortco podcast is not here to kink shame anyone. No, no. Or condone animal abuse. But yeah, if you think about it, we we believe that pregnancy is so common now that we think it's been on forever. It's like it's on every TV show, but no, only since what? Now. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. Weird. That's that's yeah. insane. Well, you guys, that is our show. Arisa, Miranda, Nadia, Emma, thank you for joining me on the show this week. Thank you for having us. Thanks. And thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today, why not subscribe? You can benefit from our habit of answering listener questions. So send your questions or whatever you like to the shortcoats at gmail.com or reach out on social media, or you can leave a message at 347 short CT. Also, wait, I just thought of something. I just thought of something. What? What is it? Sorry, it's not important at all. I should have interrupted you. Oh, okay. Also, don't forget to visit theshortcoat.com and buy some merch for charity if we've made you smile, uh, gave you something to think about today. Right now, while your podcast app is open, give us some stars and a review. It's a cheap and easy way to be a friend of the Shortcoat Podcast. Helps us know we're doing the right thing. E. Sisley, for instance, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Sisley, says that unlike most medical podcasts, these nerds are entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. Mindful man. Mindful Med said recently he recommends us 10 million percent, which is exactly how percent works. <laughs> and J3N, the researcher, says she finds herself refreshing her podcast app, out, podcast app every Thursday to listen to the new episode. Jen, you're going to wear out the internet. <laughs> the show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. And our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. Hey, um, can I say something real quick before we leave, though? Okay. I just wanted to say, because this was about the time when I was feeling super insecure about my application, to any med school applicants out there who are either waitlisted, haven't heard back, anything like that, you guys are all wonderful and valid and very smart, and you all deserve happiness. And oh. everything's going to be okay. Yep. Trust the process. All exactly. Right. Really, it will work. It will work. Very nice. Everything will go well, right? Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>